Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Hello and welcome. You're listening to It's a Groom's Life with Carly O'Brien. Welcome to a new episode of It's a Groom's Life and I've taken a different direction because as I said in a previous episode I'm a huge fan of small businesses that are starting up um, and also are looking after the environment and being sustainable. So today I was so pleased that um, the owner and fashionista um, of Behind Half Halt Equestrian, Olivia Robertson, who agreed to come on to my podcast. So hi, Olivia, how are you doing? Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yes, great. Thank you so much for coming on because I know you're super busy. So thank you so much. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, so let's just start. Um, if you can just like introduce yourself and then just tell us a little bit about Half Holt as um, a starting point because I think we'll get more involved into it throughout the episode. Uh, so my name's Olivia or Liv. I am 25 years old and I'm from North Somerset. Um, I'm, I say dressage rider, but it's not my profession. But um, yes, I compete at pre-St. George level with my horse. And then obviously I run Half Holt and then I do some other sort of marketing jobs on the side whilst Half Holt grows. But predominantly I work from home running everything Half Holt and riding, really. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, St. George is not a bad level to be, you know, be at. So I wouldn't like play it down too bad, too much. No, we uh, we we haven't long been doing that level, and we uh we we when it's good, it's very good. When uh, when when we have a moment, we we delve into the ones like he's like <laughs> a mare in a gelding's body. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So tell me a little bit about your horse then. So, um, like, how old is he and? How long um, had he's, called, he's called Twix, which is quite apt because he loves eating and I love eating. Um, <laughs> he is 14 years old. Uh, he's a KWPN. I've had him two years now. He, um, I keep him at Collective Equestrian, which is where Alex Harrison, one of our sponsored riders, uh, is based and he runs that yard. Um, I do have a yard at home. It's just like a small American barn. It's really lovely. And we've got two liveries here and my retired horse, but when we brought Twix home, when we bought him, he decided he wasn't a fan and just tried to jump out the stable and um, managed to get me off on my first ride, which is really unlike him. So we moved him up there. It's only about half an hour away. And he thrives on like a really busy yard. There's sort of 40 mm. horses, I think. And he really yeah. likes sort of like the busy atmosphere. So we've just stepped yeah. up to pre-St. George. And then we've entered Summerford premier league at the end of this month so hopefully if we don't get balloted um that's the aim and then I'm half Canadian well my dad's Canadian and my mum's English so the aim is to try represent Canada at small tour level but wow if your dreams don't scare you they're not dreams are they so it's not unrealistic like it's attainable we're more than capable but the stars need to align for that one but that's the long-term goal. Excellent. Hopefully. Brilliant. Sounds great to me. Um, 
So just before, so you mentioned like um, you do marketing as well. So was that your role before you created Half Hole or was you doing another role um, and sort of changed it when Half Hole sort of started coming along? I sort of done a bit of everything. So I graduated, I, I finished sixth form and I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And that was seven years ago now, which seems so long ago. Mm-hmm. And then I took two gap years and then in those gap years, I set up a charity. Um, people probably know it. It's Wilbury Wonder Pony. Oh, yeah. So I yeah. set that up with Hannah. So that uh, what started is just she lived lo- lived locally. So I just reached out and said, um, I think I'd done some fundraising before for Teenage Cancer Trust. And I said, I think we should sell wristbands and I'm happy to do it all. And she said, obviously, she didn't have the time then. But she said, if you want to start and get going. And that just snowballed into what it is today. So that was, mm. I took two gap years for that because that was a full-time job. Mm. Then I went to uni and did business marketing and event management at UE. So I lived at home, commuted so I could keep riding. And then when I finished uni, throughout uni, I did uh, like graphic design. So building websites and logos and marketing for businesses and riders, just because it was something I could do. Uh, like I had I could work as much as I wanted and then if I had a competition on a weekday then it meant that I could work the weekends it was as flexible as I wanted it to be because I think most horse people know that trying to juggle horses especially academic stuff as well then to have like a set hour shift job you've got to you've got to do what you've got to do to pay for them but it's not ideal so that worked really well for me and then I worked with some other like equestrian businesses just helping them out and then when I graduated, I did start a master's, um, if I'm honest, because I was still confused what I wanted to do. And the uni offered to fund the master's. So I thought I'd just go straight into it. And I lasted two months. And I just I think my brain was frazzled. I just couldn't do any more learning in a subject that interests me. But I just didn't want to keep writing essays. It yeah. was just a bit mind numbing and not very sort of creative and clearly I'm quite creative so then I dropped out of uni and just before I finished the master's which was October 2019 is when I was sat in lectures scribbling clothing and my mum used to be in fashion with Topshop so it's always sort of been something that we've enjoyed and I just thought there was there was little gaps in the market with sort of equestrian clothing and I'd look at other brands and they'd have great products, but they'd have no social media presence or their marketing wouldn't be great, but the product would be, or their marketing was great, but the products weren't high quality or there was always something. And I thought, you know, you can't, you can't pass judgment and you can't critique other people until you have a go. So, which is how Half Holt started. And then I do social media and marketing for Equisage, which is a really cool job. Um, and then odd jobs for other brands and businesses and riders just to obviously pay for the horse because yeah. Half Holt is still only in its like infant years. Like we're not even at two years yet. So it's just keeping the, the money. I've got to be realistic. The money coming yeah. in to pay for Twix and to save up to move out. All those adult things that you don't think yeah. about when you're like 18. But no, yeah. so... I do a bit of everything and then I volunteer on BD Youth Southwest Ambassador so I've done that I did that throughout uni I think I've done that it's coming up to the end of the term so four years now so that's obviously voluntary but 
that in itself before COVID, it's obviously taken a bit of a back burner because there's been nothing on. But before COVID, the job's as much as you want it to be. And I do it with two other like girls my age who are fab. But that was a full time job sometimes in itself, like in the summer months. But that I think things like that, I think are really worthwhile doing. Volunteering. I don't think enough people that compete or even don't compete or are with affiliated bodies do enough to give back. And I appreciate there's not enough time for everyone. And I probably didn't always have the time, but I just think doing something like that, it's good for your soul as well. Like it's just a really nice job and it's nice to see the children and the parents happy and a little bit less stressed and just, it's just a break from work, even though it's work. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I, yeah, I, I do quite a few things. <laughs> you do. God, you do. Everywhere. You keep yourself very, very busy. So let's yeah. talk about Half Pulp because, um, so you've you briefly mentioned, obviously, it started, well, your, your ideas, I guess, started in October 2019. So when yeah. did it all start coming from, from design to looking at materials, looking at sustainable materials, and then putting that sale, that first sale on? How long did that take? So I think uh, me and mum had been browsing and looking and commenting probably for about a year, year and a half prior. And we attended some fashion events. It's called Pure in London. You can sort of talk to manufacturers and see fabrics and just get like gauge what's going to be coming into fashion like a year in advance. And a lot of the things that we do, we follow the trends of everyday fashion. So it's not necessarily... What if you so say if you look online on somewhere like Zara or a high street place, you'll tend to see that the colours that we use fall in line with like high street or like the bigger fast fashion brands. So like we do try to follow the same trends whilst also keeping it horse friendly because I appreciate there are some niche colours out there that you know people who high fashion people might want to use, but not every horse rider does want to rock round in mustard if that's the in yeah. colour. So yeah. we were looking for ages and ages and then we found a really good manufacturer and supplier that we really liked, which was ethical. So then we started dealing with them and then all the designing. So the wording, everything, obviously everything's done by me. So that was just that happens as fast as you want it to happen. The The longest yeah. part of the process is the manufacturing because that's out of your hands, which yeah. um something I had to get my head around because it can be three, four four months and I'm quite impatient so (laughs) being organized is something else you know you can't think I'll put that at the bottom of my list and then I'll do it next week because then you've lost a week and then you've got bank holidays and all those things and then manufacturers don't count weekends so if they say for 45 days they mean working days so in your head you're like that's not that long but actually when you start taking off the two days of a weekend yeah you know you could be six months away and you're like, yeah. oh, I've missed, I've missed adding that to the summer collection now. Mm-hmm. So we did all of that. I came up with a thousand quotes. I mean, at the time, obviously, I had to come up with the logo and the marketing. It was a bit of a eureka moment sitting at the kitchen table with a friend and my mum. And I I couldn't think of a I couldn't just pinpoint like that name. I was like, I don't want it to be connected to me. I don't want it to 
just go towards one discipline or make anybody in the equestrian industry, whether they're professional or just learning, feel as though it's not for them. And then I just thought, what does every rider do? Like that jumps, that does flat work, that's going for a hack. And I thought everyone half halts, even if you're learning and you don't know you're half halting and you're giving it a pull, like you're half halting. Yeah. And I thought it's symmetrical as well, which is, I've got OCD. So the fact that it's symmetrical as like a word for the branding makes me really happy. Yeah. And I thought if I put it on a jumper and I went to uni, no one would go that wasn't horsey would go oh she's wearing horse clothing like yeah what's that like it doesn't cry horsey but if you're horsey you go oh half halt yeah so that was that was yeah that was eureka moment because we came up with some as you can some clangers like we were just brainstorming and you throw everything on the paper don't you and that's the hardest bit because if you don't get that right but people like your products then you don't really want to be rebranding in two three four years time once you're out there it's expensive and you want to be known from the off for like exactly what you want to be yeah so we did that and then as we've gone on we've sort of progressed obviously from the plain bag packaging to the boxes so that was that took me a good year to a to be able to afford it because at the start I think a lot of people don't realize that you you're putting in your own money so there's yeah. only so much you can feasibly do. I'd obviously come out the back of uni. I couldn't really get a business loan. I put in all the money I had. My dad gave me a very like small loan and said, have this for a year to get you started. Because you do you do need something to start. Yeah. And then in a year's time, you have to pay that back. So all the things I wanted to do, I wanted to run before I could walk. So <laughs> you do have to... Like mum and dad were very good at being like, mm, you can't give beautiful packaging until yeah. you've got enough customers that you can warrant the packaging. Yeah. Yeah. So we sourced that, but that was really hard because, I mean, now the cost of cardboard's a lot more because of COVID. But at the time, it's mad the price of the box of branding on. So we really had to look sort of here, there and everywhere. And actually, we came up, we ended up with a company that was quite local. They're only about an hour away. So it was actually really nice. And then it's just sort of grown from there. And then the technical stuff's been, well, since since before we launched, we were designing that. But that was something that I did not want to launch until we had a foundation and a customer base. Because I think there's a lot of brands out there that go straight in with the technical wear. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of us now. Like, you know, yeah. I see lots of adverts and everyone sells base layers and leggings. So I wanted to sort of create like get our name out there in the small business industry like industry and then add them when customers had trust in us and they knew that we were a good brand yeah but that has taken nearly two years we we, I could probably do a whole podcast on just the technical stuff we've we've (laughs) gone through some manufacturers that just awful and uh it was a big learning curve and it was really stressful like it honestly was blood sweat and tears and I just always said that the first technical range you put out will be the one that people know, like know you for. Yeah. So a bigger brands, you know, can, can, uh, they obviously have bigger margins because they're, they're probably making like hundreds of thousands. We're making the smallest quantities like feasible, but yeah. they can afford probably, you know, for the writing to peel off after a couple washes because their margins and a lot of people don't, they don't question bigger brands. They just go, oh, oh I just won't say anything. 
But yeah. for some reason, when you're a smaller business, people really want to sort of jump on you if something's not perfect, which it's not always perfect. Yeah. But I didn't want to put something out there that I knew in the back of my mind that people might have issues. That I don't think that's a great starting point. No. So that has no, taken I... two years. Yeah, I think how you've started, I mean, I I think I um, found you, and I don't mean if you know what I mean, like on Instagram, stumbled across you on Instagram. And I'm sure it's somewhere like at the beginning of the pandemic, which um, is pretty new. I mean, you haven't really been, you know, started that long, really, from like, say, October 2019 to March. So that's what, like six months or something. Um, and it like I just I just fell in love with it from instantly and then I work on a yard with one of your brand ambassadors but the other girls like absolutely love your um, t-shirts and stuff because I mean we're literally in them all day mucking out sweating and and all sorts and stuff but they just don't like um, misshape they don't you know shrink that the you know the embroidery stays on there I mean I've got a t-shirt on today and I've probably washed this t-shirt I've got god knows how many times but it still looks just as new as when it first came and I think how you started with just like the base and I don't mean basics as in you're a basic company but just starting off with a smaller collection maybe and then throughout like your spring summer you sort of then added a couple of bits and then in your autumn winter you added a couple of bits and changed your sort of t-shirt design but it was still a half whole t-shirt but you just changed the design slightly. Like you say, you bought like autumn colours, like your um, mustard and a nice dark green and a nice, like really autumnal colours. And then in the spring, some of this year, you've brought out like really nice, you know, light pastel colours and like, um, but every time you sort of bring a season out, you evolve a little bit more and you just add just a little bit more. And I think that's what the customers love because they think, right, okay, what's she going to bring out next season? Because there's going to be another thing that's going to be added on. And my list on my shopping basket gets added all the time. <laughs> and, I'm like, and I'm sure like my mum, when the package comes in, she goes, oh God, what have you brought now? And I'm like, well, I need it. I need it. It's a half whole new collection. I need it. Um, and then when you brought the leggings out, I was just like, because I know you, I'm sure we had a conversation or you might have had a conversation about the leggings like like month, months and months ago. And you kept saying they're coming out, they're coming out. And then um, Bertie, your brand ambassador, who I work with, and I'm like, is she bringing the leggings out? She went, she is, but she's just having trouble at the minute, but she's getting there and they're coming, they're coming. And then when you launched, I was like, yay, they're falling out. But I think that's what your customer, I would say your half heart customer just enjoys what comes out next. Yeah, I think I don't think you can rush something. Well, as I said before, I'm very impatient and we did get down to the final stages with a legging and base layer probably last summer and just wasn't happy with them. I just I wanted to put something on and go. I wouldn't wear any other brand over that because obviously up until I launched the leggings and base layers, I was still wearing other brands. I like you know, I, I'm not going to not wear the clothing I already own from years ago. It, that's a waste. And mm. but I wanted a, I wanted leggings, base layers. I mean, if I'm honest, I didn't wear leggings before these half hulks. I just felt a bit vulnerable. Like I'm not a fan of my legs, so I was like, oh, I'll just wear breeches. I still wore stiff breeches with suede. I'm like, 
I don't think anybody my age wears those anymore. They were rigid as anything. But yeah, um, yeah I did get down to the final stages. I literally had the two prototypes in front of me. And I just said to mum, I can't. I, I mean, it was an expensive mistake because we'd paid a deposit and we'd probably spent a year back and forth with yeah. this designer. And I just said, I can't. They had a, they were a bit shiny. They weren't, there's just, just, there was just too many little things that, that other people might have loved. And it isn't all about me because it's about the customers, but I just looked and I thought, mm, I wouldn't see my friends in them. And it's not how I envisaged. And then we went to another manufacturer and got some samples from my drawings and sort of went from there. And I was like, no, that's just not it. And then I got to the final one, which is the one we work with now. And I um, I sent everything that up to that point we'd had. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't like this. I want this, this. I mean, I live with my tape measure. Like, it's laughable, but I got one by my bed, one in my study, one in the packing room. Because most of my ideas come to me when I'm sat in bed watching TV. And I'm like, oh, I need to work out, like, the length now. So I just whip it out my basket. (laughs) But this manufacturer just understood. And the, the prototype, like, the final design arrived. And I put it on. And I was like, this is it. Like, I like I put it in the ambassadors group chat. And I was like, this is it. And I went up to the yard and I rode in it for two, three months. Like I just kept riding and washing and the girls at the yard sort of all tried it on and some went cross country and everybody just did everything in them. And I think like with the leggings, me and like, I know my mum, we're not massive fans of our legs. Like we, you know, we try to wear things that don't highlight them. Like we don't walk around in Lycra leggings normally. So I said, if me and mum feel confident in them, then I think most women would feel confident in them. And I mean, so far when I did the photo shoot and we had customers of all sort of different sizes wearing them and everybody just looked amazing. And I know I'm biased, but honestly, everybody put them on and I was like, oh, wow, like you all look really good and everybody felt great. And that's what it's about. It's not it, that is entirely what Half Hole is about. You should feel good because yeah. if I head to toe go training in half halt like I had a lesson the other day um Lara Butler came to the yard and I wore my base layer and my leggings and my socks and I just felt I don't know I just felt like in the zone I just think if you if you if you feel good and you feel prepared and you think you look smart I just ride better it just happens so I think getting everything right and people loving this collection so when we bring out other colors and adaptions of it they go oh yeah we know we like the fundamentals mm-hmm. so we'll be back but it's very hard to convince people and especially equestrians they're quite stubborn people I know mm-hmm. I am and it's hard to go to them oh I know the first collection you didn't like x but now we fix that it's really hard obviously there's going to be little things here and there like teething problems and we'll probably find things and learn things but once you put something out to the world it's like anything that goes in the news once everybody knows it nobody forgets it so it had to be as close to my vision of perfect as it could be and during a pandemic it's really hard because I can only trial the sizes on me and the girls at the yard, I'm probably a 10 to 12 on bottom. The girls at the yard are probably an eight down. So it's, and I wanted to make sure that it, it we had a size for, I can't do everyone, but as many people as possible whilst we were growing. But it's really hard to do sizing and see how they look on someone that takes a size 16, for example, 
when because of COVID, I don't really have access to somebody at the yard that rise that, that takes that size. Yeah. So it's and I don't think people appreciate that. Like in the first lockdown, uh, like uh, someone messaged us. I think it was around when the Black Lives Matter movement sort of took off. And I had somebody message and they said, oh, I noticed that the models in this collection aren't that diverse. And I had to explain to them that because of lockdown, I had mm-hmm. to take clothing up to the yard in a basket, leave it for the girls and Alex and that on the yard. Mm-hmm. Alex used his camera. We took photos of them in it. I had no other options. Yeah. That I could only use who I had. And now, obviously, you can see from our website and collection now, everybody we use is a friend or a customer. I'm adamant that it has to be authentic. I don't want to hire in models who aren't horsey to stand with a horse or to pretend they like it when they don't or all all of that. So I do try to keep it customers and friends. Um, And we do have a diverse range of models now. But that wasn't possible first time. And, you know, that really... uh, it did upset it was only two three people that messaged but it's not a nice feeling to think that people are feeling left out or not represented and that obviously wasn't the case yeah. and I know that we make a real effort to represent everyone a lot of the bigger brands that they don't they, they environmentally and sort of on that note they just they don't really think about it as much yeah. but we do try do everything we can to make the best products and just appeal to everyone there is yeah. there is no certain target target market it is everyone and anyone and i would i would completely agree with like and i think it's good that you are using um and i'll put this and i don't mean it i don't know if, how it comes across but you are using real people like these are real people that are going to yeah. use the products these aren't just like you say a model that's just come for the day just to model the clothes take the pitch taken and then don't care about what they've worn that day where these people are going to care that you know they're wearing half hole and they love wearing half hole and they know what's behind the brand and they know the um values behind the brand and things like that um and you briefly talked about like the pandemic so how was that for you like when we came to like the first lockdown and obviously it was very uncertain in the first lockdown of how long we were going to be in it you know how we didn't know anything really to be honest obviously we know a lot more now so when it came to like the first lockdown was you worried about how your business would run and has it and I feel like it's actually blossomed because of lockdown um what what's your thoughts on that well we launched I think it was end of October 2019 then we had December but it it wasn't the most convenient time to launch because I think most people have done their Christmas shopping if they don't know you then they're not probably going to pick stuff from you and then people don't have money because it's Christmas so it was just getting our name out there then January February I was ill so I mean I didn't post at all I just I just wasn't very well and I just thought I'll not restart but I'll just get back to it when I'm better and then March came along and it was lockdown and um, I'd started doing the odd post. And then I think Boris announced that we were going into like the official lockdown and I posted on my own Facebook and sort of said, like pushed it to my friends and people I knew. Yeah. And it just, I just had so many messages from friends sort of saying, we want to support you. And just, just 
what I thought then was a lot of sales, which now would probably be not, but it just took off. And then I did a Instagram on Facebook competition and I, you know, boosted the post a bit and it got a thousand likes and like 60,000 shares, which was just ridiculous for a small, small business. And then it just exploded. And I remember sitting at home and at the time, just before lockdown, I'd actually gone for a job interview at um, Yo Valley, the yogurt place is 10 minutes from us. And I'd gone for a job interview to help sort of work in their events department. And they'd offered me the job and I'd signed the contract. And I was meant to start the day before Boris said, we're going into lockdown. So I, I, I kind of think I'd not written half whole off, but I thought maybe now is not the time. A yeah. pandemic, a little bit, are you stupid? I, I would, I just think it was just, it was a mad idea. And to know that financially it wasn't going to, it wasn't going to pay me for at least a good year or so. I needed to be realistic. It's not mm-hmm. the lack of one. It was having to be an adult and go, is this yeah. mad? Yeah. Um, and then the you know, Valley contacted me and said, obviously it's an events job. and we're really sorry but you've got no events yeah. so um and I was a day late of signing the contract for furlough or whatnot which is sod's law um, so they were like we're gonna have to let you go and then maybe yeah. in a year's time the job's still yours and then I thought well I've got all this time now sat around I obviously do my other marketing jobs which are online so they weren't affected and yeah. I just thought I might as well just go for it and then yeah. as it took off and it kept going it just grew and grew. It was difficult with manufacturers, some shut, um, especially at the beginning of the first one when I think, I mean, I think every, pretty much every trade shut, didn't they? My partner at the yeah. time was uh, runs building sites and even he wasn't in work for a few months, whereas yeah. through every other lockdown, jobs like that have been allowed. But it was yeah. literal, complete. Like my dad's dentist, he didn't go to work. No yeah. one was allowed to work. Um yeah. So obviously clothing manufacturers and whatnot aren't, you know, they don't need to stay open. It's not safe to be in factories and whatnot where there's like lots of people. Yeah. So that did all stop. It wasn't bad timing because obviously it was middle of the winter collection, but it was coming right up to the beginning of the spring summer collection. Yeah. So that was delayed and just simple things like trying to contact like the packaging companies they were on lower staff and the post office was running at a lower capacity so there wasn't as many people in there so parcels were taking longer and all those things that are out of your hands but it does still represent your business so when Mm -hmm. someone's parcel takes four or five days and the customer's getting a bit unhappy and you know you posted it the next morning after they ordered it's hard not to take it personally because you've done everything you can and it's out of your hands yeah and no one was doing anything at the time so there wasn't a mad rush for parcels but people had nothing to do so they just wanted their post to come yeah so it was there was so many perks and there was challenges but it definitely made us into the company we are today. Like I'm, I'm not grateful because it was awful for everyone, but yeah. I'm, I'm grateful I had the time because no other time in life would have had that much time to sit down and think of everything I did and make more of a business plan and just have that time to find the ambassadors to really do everything that you day to day life you wouldn't fit in. 
so I am grateful I, I wouldn't ever wish for another one but I yeah. think a lot of people turned to social media they were scrolling I think that's yeah. honestly how they found us yeah. um which is how I find most things in life that I find is scrolling um, yeah so it was a blessing I don't know where we'd be now if there wasn't the lockdown who knows I, I don't think, know but I think um I think a lot of small businesses or startup businesses regardless of what it was I think really did flourish through the the lockdown because like you say people couldn't go out people couldn't shop so they shopped online and then people were appreciating the small business and how much effort people were putting into their products and um and you know knowing exactly where it comes from and stuff like that and I think it has really changed people's spending habits now you know, I think people are more likely to try and shop small local um, businesses more than a bigger brand now because they appreciate that the the effort and everything behind it, um, and they sort of know that they know the person a bit more behind the brand than say a big brand, um, and make it more personal and more relatable. Um, so yeah, I think um, I think it's definitely changed everyone's spending habits. I think people would rather have a, a, a t-shirt that is going to last them for years and years and years because it comes from great materials and it's been made, um, you know, with people that have a correct wage and things like that. Um, yeah. So. Um, I think, yeah, definitely people have changed their spending habits. And that's probably why the business and and during this time, like you say, you've had more time to think about your brand. You've had more time to be creative where maybe you probably wouldn't have had that if you had another job. Um, and like you say, you may have not put your full half heart, half heart into it um, because you're sort of sidetracked with working. Does that make sense? Where this you could put your whole heart onto it and look what it's come to it's come to like an amazing brand and I think it's really flourished like you know I agree like I think I I had not nothing else to do but I had so much time to sit and think and I thought that we are on something good here and it's hard to see it in two years time and the end goal because I do I want it I know where it could be and I know how good this stuff is so it's hard when you can't translate that to people overnight it it is frustrating and and it is cliche and there's that quote that they say like you do a dance when you're a small business and you get an order but it is genuinely true like on quiet days and everybody has quiet days I can't lie it's scary you do think oh no and like last month was absolutely manic and this month's been really busy but I know along the lines it's going to have quieter days and quieter months but when you do support small business and I try to do that a lot more now than I did before I had my own one you are not changing someone's life but every single sale for a small business adds up and I'm not saying they don't for Amazon and all that like if nobody shopped there they'd have no sales but if you if people don't support us like small businesses and shop I can't add another color I can't add more technical wear I can only physically do as much as the support we get so I can't I couldn't have done the technical range if we hadn't have taken off in lockdown and Mm -hmm. it's frustrating when people sort of say oh 
can you add another size one way or the other? I, I yeah. would literally do every size I can, but I have, I mean, we do XXS to XXL, but I can't add any more at the moment until like funds allow. Like I have to be sensible. I have to crunch numbers and I have to try and include everyone, but I have to be sensible and go for the, the sizes where we get the most sales. And then as time goes on, I can expand. But yeah. I think people don't understand when you're a small business that the cash flow and all those things just aren't, the money just doesn't fall from the sky. It's yeah. it's really tricky and you do get defensive. Not. Otherwise we'll all be and, grabbing uh, it. <laughs> I won't be doing anything, just sit around and catch it. But it is frustrating. Like the other day, um, some a customer, she's really lovely. She put a lovely post on a Facebook forum about the leggings and whatnot. And the reception was so nice and we got so many sales from it. And then this one lady said, um, oh, if I want to get leggings, I'll just go to Tesco and buy a £10 pair. And I was like, fair. And I mean, you can, like, there's yeah. nothing stopping yeah. you. But A, I didn't need to be said because, like, thank you. This is like a positive post. B, yeah. they can charge £10 because they probably cost them 10p. So their margins yeah. are still big. But yeah. ours don't cost that to make. Where are they made? As in, yeah. what's the conditions like for the workers? And just do you not get a warmer feeling from spending a little bit more for probably double the quality yeah. and knowing that you're actually genuinely helping, like you're supporting someone rather than yeah. like a big company? Yeah. But no, it, it, we've we've made so many I say we I keep saying we and it's me isn't it um (laughs) so many friends through half hole and the ambassadors now it's like a little family and I've just met some great people that I will probably now have in my life for the whole of my life and my biggest worry when I started was oh self-employed from home quite lonely because I'm quite a people person but now I don't feel like it's just me no we've got a great photographer that we work with Rose uh, great ambassadors sponsored riders get on with the manufacturers the people that help me with the website now that's expanded just all the little sort of cogs that make up the machine it's all even though I'm the one at the front there's still people behind the scenes even though they're not employed by half Holt, that make it what it is yeah but yeah. that you know that all those things add up so yeah. it it is what it was it is scary at times I do think oh I've got friends that you know moved out got houses and here I am going not I didn't even really work for someone for a little bit to sort of build up experience I just went I'm just going for it yeah good and for you and why should you not <laughs> but like I joined um this Facebook group who um are people that would like 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 to be an like, um, influencer um, and things like that. And one of the questions on the on the news feed was, which company would you like to represent or, you know, be an influence for? And I would say oh, I about, about 90% oh. of people commented was you. I Literally. think um, I think Life on the Buckle, Jess messaged me it's, and said, um, yeah. oh, I'm on this, that, um, it looks like a really good group because she's quite active on Facebook um, and Instagram, isn't she? Social, is it Social Stable? Yeah, that's it, yeah. That's yeah, it. she looks really good, and um, yeah. I, I joined it, and oh, I, it's it's weird seeing it because like it does make you a bit emotional because 
that's just your little idea it's your packing from your office your handwritten card it's all I find I still can't get my head around the fact that me just doing my job like makes people happy and they actually want to work with us it's it's exactly what I wanted to happen but I find it mad still that people like sort of comment things I'm like, oh, I'm like, oh, the people are seeing it for what it is, and everything that I hope it would be has happened so yeah I'm 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 over the moon like everything it's not been easy there's days where I think why did you do that or I look back and I I look back at designs and it's like anything isn't it and you think why did you do that or why did you pick that but it's all a learning curve and I'm hoping my four years I'm hoping we'll just keep growing yeah hopefully it's weird because I don't I don't ever want to not be a small business but I want to grow because I like that and it will always be like a close relationship with the customers. My dad, bless him, he sits there and he sees me like when we launched the technical wear and it was sort of 200 orders in 24 hours. And he's like, when are you going to not be able to write the cards? And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, because it's, I've got, I didn't have very strong hands. So I struggle, like I get, I've got fibromyalgia. So like my hands like seize up Aww. and um, writing the cards can take two, three hours, which sounds ridiculous because you're like, oh, it'd be easy. Yeah. But it doesn't, but I... I don't want to not do them. I think there's only been one day where I didn't feel well and I just decided I just can't write them. But yeah. things like that, I don't ever want to not do, which, yeah. you know, when you're as big as these big, big companies, there comes a time when you can't, when you're, you know, packing orders not from your house and out of a yeah. factory. But it, it will be possible somehow. I'm adamant that it's we're not going to lose that personal touch. Yeah. I don't think that's, I think that's what everyone loves when... When everyone opens your packages, like that's what everyone loves. Everyone loves that you've got your note. Normally, there's a nice little sweet treat or some kind of treat in there, either for you or for your horse. Um, and that's what everyone loves. Everyone loves opening, unopening the boxes, unopening the boxes, um, and and having that personal thing. Like it's almost like you have said. Carly, here it is. Like, here is your T-shirt. Here is your jumper. And I've personally packed this for you, and I've personally written. And it's it's just lovely, and it just makes it a more of an experience when you're opening that box. Um, yeah. So, can I ask you what can yeah. is? Can you tell us what we've got to look forward to for the new sort of autumn winter collection? Or you're not allowed to say. Is there anything that we can keep an well, eye on? I've got prototypes for things and I've obviously had to sort of like, I was waiting for feedback on the technical stuff. So I'm hoping more coloured braggings because they've gone mad. Um, More coloured base layers, I hope. Potentially, and this is potentially because it is time, is short sleeve summer ones and maybe sleeveless. These are all maybes. People are going to yeah. be messaging now, like, I want that. Um, <laughs> and then lots of really nice winter colours. Um, I, I'm Every time I do a collection, I'm like, this is my favourite, or I prefer winter, or I prefer summer. Yeah. But I, I I find the designing of winter easier because it's easier to work from darker colours. It's just yeah. easier. 
um, because not everybody likes light colours, do they? I, I mean, I'm if I wear a colour, I'm more of a darker coloured person. Yeah, I would. Uh, so it's and it's easier to put. We do a lot of obviously white branding. It's a lot easier to put white on darker colours. So all yeah. these things that you don't think about that sort of we have to think about. But no, yeah. lots of exciting stuff. There is another product which is small and you don't wear it but you use it which I wanted to have had out with this collection but I had a bit of a manufacturing fault I shall say so I was picky it wasn't even a fault it was perfectly functionable but something on it was a bit skew if on the on the uh, prototype and I was like nope (laughs) so that's gone back to the drawing board but there's lots of exciting things coming and uh, yeah, as I said, the more support we get, the more we can do. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just a big cycle, really. Like, people support us, so they'll do what they want. Yeah. yeah, it's so exciting. So, what are you hoping? What is your um, expectation for Half Halt, say, in a year's time? So, this time next year, if I was to speak to you again, ideally, what would you have liked? to I mean obviously you talked about the products but like say as a business like are you hoping to do it as a full-time job and have no worries about financial 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 um or money money. (laughs) Um, would you you like to have someone to help you like would you be able to employ someone to come and help you do like the packaging is that what your vision is yeah, so I think like we're busy enough now that I could do with someone, but I, you know, friends come over for dinner. Obviously now we're like they did before, right at the beginning. And then I've got a friend that was in my bubble that's at the yard, so she'll help me pack or my mum and dad will help me pack or my boyfriend. But we're in a position now where we're busy enough some weeks that we could do with another packer, but I can't obviously pay someone to help pack if I can't like rely on the business myself to function so yeah the the number one aim is to I probably always do sort of something well probably equisage as well because I really enjoy the variety I think it's just healthier when you work on your own to try and sort of just keep a bit of variety and they're both it's quite an on-the-go job because it's on your laptop or your phone so I think yeah longer term it will be to for it to be like my sole job um Mm. I think it will be numbers of orders like the the quantity per week I want to try and keep that building um so it's just like a steady stream so it's not just say someone does a post or some an ambassador's a post and then you get that sort of influx where people have seen it I want it to be a company on its own that just has that steady influx rather than peaks and troughs yeah so that is my biggest I think that's my biggest thing before I do anything like trade stands in that I really admire these smaller startup businesses that sort of go to Hoys and Olympia and badminton and all that because I would love to right now but I some of the stands are sort of 30,000 pounds yeah and that's just you know that's a really good like salary for someone for a whole year like that's yeah. really that's mega money mm-hmm. so as much as I'd love to go 
I yeah. feasibly can't. But that is once the sales start picking up, that is definitely an, a goal. Because I think once people start seeing your stuff and they can see it before they buy it, yeah, then you reach a whole different market of people. Because I do appreciate online shopping isn't for everyone, and yeah. people are. I had someone message the other day who said. Oh, I bought from some other small online businesses at the beginning of lockdown and the quality wasn't very good and the prices were similar to yours and it put me off. And it's it I I would I wouldn't ever knock anybody for starting a small business or trying or uh, anything like that. But a lot of people during lockdown just went, Oh, I'm just gonna start a business or I'm just gonna sell leggings or and it's not just that. I know how much work goes into it, but yeah. It's those people that try that don't do it correctly or cut corners or they sell a product that they know isn't to the quality that people expect mm-hmm. that then are detrimental to other brands like us who, like this lady said, you've restored my faith. It's sad that she got to a point where she thought, I'll just stick with the big brands. Yeah. Because... All that big brands have that you don't is the budget and the reach. But there's nothing, otherwise there's nothing different about you. The quality, if anything, as you get bigger, quality can diminish because you want bigger margins and people don't expect as much. So I think that definitely getting out there, being seen and being able to showcase our stuff and people be able to feel and it sounds weird, but touch the clothing and see it on people in the flesh, which we've never had because we've only been around during lockdown yeah so apart from seeing people at shows and I do get people now message me Beck our ambassador just went to Bellevue on the weekend and she said there were so many people wearing it yeah which again is madness but you can't go up to a stranger especially not at the moment and go oh what size do you wear or can I feel those leggings or you can't so that's definitely the aim getting out there being seen and but still staying all the values that a small business has from the start just on a bigger scale yeah I hope well I think next year we've got no problems I think we'll be seeing you at all of those events with no problems at all so (laughs) that is the big aim definitely um um, right I always finish my podcast with some quick fire questions so generally are you a night in or a night out person Oh, oh dear. Oh, I only had this chat with someone over this isn't quick fire Lou. Um, <laughs> oh, oh can I come back to that one? Leave it do yeah. the others and then I'll answer. Okay. Tea or coffee? Tea, hate coffee. Uh, wellies or heels? Oh, that's a bit like night out. Um <laughs> gonna say Heels because I wear trainers to do all the horses. <laughs> okay. Uh sweet or savory? Sweet. Uh book or film? Film, not a reader. <laughs> what was the last film that you watched? Oh. Um what is the last film that I watched? Oh, um Despicable Me. Oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a really big kid. <laughs> and are you, a, you are you a Netflixer? Do you like to watch Netflix? Yes, love Netflix. I'm big into crime documentaries. Um, so what are, what are you binging at the moment? Is that what you're binging watching at the moment? 
Wow, so I'm also a mega, mega RuPaul's Drag Race fan. Like, absolutely mega. So I watch every country going. I've seen them on tour. I've got three tours pending. I've got tickets for. Wow. I watch that because I think that's really, you know, they break the stereotypes. It's really, sometimes it's quite deep when you hear their stories, but it's lighthearted. It's jolly. It cheers me up. It's it's creative. Like, the outfits are everything to me. And then if it's not that, it's um, I've recently been watching uh, something about solving murders in the first 48 hours, which is the opposite end of the scale. <laughs> or, or Louis Theroux, anything, yeah. anything like that. That's I'm, polar opposite to what I do. But if I didn't do this, I'd love to be in like crime or forensics. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. So, and probably I'd probably be night in if I ponder on it. As much as I love going for cocktails and dancing and I love as you can imagine, spending five hours picking what I'm gonna wear and doing my makeup. Yeah. If if you don't catch me in that mood where I need to go there and then I'll be on the sofa in a blanket with the dogs. Yeah. So yeah. exactly the yeah. same. Exactly the same. It's like I like to go out and I like to have a drink and a dance, but I only like to do it for, like I say, a couple of hours and then I'm like, I'm done now. I've done, I've done it and then I'm ready to go home. <laughs> yeah, Ibiza is my favourite place on the earth. So we go once a year for a week and I think I drink my alcohol consumption for the whole year in that one week and I don't sleep and I go out till 4am and it's all in trainers which is great and then I come home and apart from friends but I'll go out if it's a friend's birthday like that's when we go out as a group but otherwise um, I'm not even a pub person like I just don't pop to the pub I just if I'm drinking I'm drinking drinking Drinking, I mean I haven't I haven't drank probably I didn't really know if I drank last year because of lockdown like I just just no. don't I just I no. eat I'm an eater yeah <laughs> I'm exactly eater. the same I love a, I love a good cup of tea with biscuits um but if I'm out I like to have a I like to drink but for the rest of the time I I don't really drink at all like everyone like sometimes mum goes oh I'm gonna open some wine do you want a glass of wine I'm like no I'm all right I have a cup of tea I don't get that I don't get like the one drink with your meal I'm like Oh no, you need to, you don't need to drink to get really drunk. But I like, I only really drink cocktails because they don't taste like horrible alcohol. Yeah. But I, I drink with a purpose because I'm going out to dance. I can't have one with food. I just, I didn't know. No, I'd rather have water. What's your, go, what's your go-to cocktail then? What do you normally go for? Uh, Porn Star Martini or Strawberry Oh, Zachary. I was hoping you were going to say that because that's my favourite. <laughs> I love a Porn Star Martini. <laughs> I'm allergic to oranges, so it whittles it down a bit, which is a sad times. But most porn star martinis, um, I know if I go to be at one, which is my favourite cocktail bar in town, that they don't put orange in the porn star martini. Well, yeah. they don't put it in mine. Um, <laughs> so that probably in the UK. And then if I'm on holiday, like a nice frozen strawberry daiquiri by the pool. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, you're my type of girl. <laughs> you're my definitely type of girl. I can see us having a good old cocktail <laughs> and a dance. Oh, no, but- and then a kebab at the end of the night, even yeah. though I've been, veggie, I've been veggie since like lockdown and I trying to not eat meat or fish. And I'm like, but what about the kebab? I have to have cheesy chips. Yeah. Oh, cheesy chips and gravy. Oh, I love cheesy oh, chips gravy. and gravy. The most unclassy thing I do, but by the end of the night, I'm like, should we go girls? Let's just get some yeah. chips. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. So oh, Liv, where can people find you on social media, your website? Like where can people find you? 
So our website is www.halfholtequestrian.com. Our Instagram and Facebook is Half Halt Equestrian. We do have TikTok. There is nothing on it that is on my list because, t- as you can imagine, with my OCD, I just the, the the TikToks and the reels need to be top quality. But yeah. we are on there as well, so you can follow us in anticipation. But no, everything <laughs> lucky is Half Halt Equestrian. No dashes, no dots. We are the same on every platform, so Excellent. it's quite simple. But, and if you sign up to our mailing list, then you get 10% off your first order. So you can do that at the bottom of the website. So and um, we don't bombard people with emails because I don't have the time to bombard people. No. It's just offers like every other week is a push. You yeah. just get the good stuff. Um, none of the other spam junk rubbish you just get the deals (laughs) yeah and I can vouch for that because I've signed up for the um I think it's for my first order I got the 10% off um and I don't think I've ever had or many emails from you since so yeah I can definitely vouch for that but like (laughs) but you do put your offers on on your social media though but you do put your offers on there um all the brand ambassadors will tell you if you if you've got um um, a brand ambassador that you're following on Instagram, um, they'll definitely tell you about the offers as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, thank you so much, Liv, for your time. I really appreciate thank it because I know you're so I super busy. <laughs> I hope I didn't waffle too much. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, so thank you everyone for listening to this episode. Um, Liv and I would really appreciate if you could screenshot and share the episode and share it on our Instagrams. Um, And yeah, thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you are on Apple Podcasts, please would you subscribe and leave me a review? I really, really appreciate it. If you want to find me on my social media, I am on Instagram under Cobbs Equine Shop underscore services. And on Facebook, I am Cobbs Equine Shop and services. Thank you so much and I'll speak to you next time. episode i really hope you enjoyed it as i did making it if you um like to follow me on socials my um instagram is cobs equine services and the same on facebook cobs equine services um if you are listening to this on your um, apple or spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast i really appreciate it if you could leave me a review as it gets um other people to highlight the um episodes to other people And I will speak to you all on the next episode.